All right. Uh, so we had uh, been in this series. This Actually, let me say a few things before I get into this because I'll forget to announce later. Uh, next week, uh, we, as Brother Desmond already shared, we'll be doing water baptism uh, directly after service. And we will also have um, uh, Pastor Gwen Singleton will be with us preaching and sharing. So I'm asking all of our team who volunteers to be here uh, also before service for our huddle at 9 o'clock as he's going to be imparting um, into our team as well and spending some time uh, with our team and then he'll preach the 10 o'clock service. I'll be here. Yep. You know, not this church, but don't do like some other churches do when there's a guest speaker. That Don't make that your Sunday to visit somewhere else. I need you to be here and receive what God has uh, for the house through Pastor Gwen uh, next week and I'm going to be here right on the front row receiving uh, the word of God as, as well. well. Are we good? Everybody feel all right? All right. If you don't, you're going to feel all right before this message is over. Um, we've been in the Heart for the House series, but around Wednesday, God began to really just deal with my spirit, and I was actually going to preach the second half of the treasure principle today, uh, but he said he didn't want that. Um, somebody like God talks to you. Yes, he speaks to me. He deals with me. Um, he said, there's something else I want you to share with the people, um, and let that message be your seed. Trust, trust, trust me that they'll do what they're supposed to do. Uh, so we're going to hear what God has to say, and, and I began to think... Um, on this topic of how we really, as believers, need hope. Hope is something that we've got to be reminded of every day. And, and what I realize is, and, and you'll find this in your life, is that um, when our testimony, when the testimony that we share with other people is not authentic and it's not real, it doesn't help anybody. Um, it's just like whenever we meet somebody, typically we, I call, we send out what I call our representative. Uh, we don't really show them ourselves. We show them who we want uh, to be perceived to be. Uh, but sometimes you need to hear what people have experienced and what they've gone through so that you can be encouraged to realize that you can make it too. Can we say amen? Sometimes our, our word and our, our word of encouragement is not deep. It's just we need, I need to share something with you and tell you that you could go on too. And so I said, how can I, what, Lord, what do you want to say to, to, to the person that really feels like they've lost everything, that that... There's no hope that they're ready to give up. They're ready to quit. They're ready to throw in the towel. What do you say to the person who um, their life doesn't look and feel like what God promised? Anybody ever been like that? God, God promised you something. You got a word from the Lord, but your life doesn't look anything like what he said. And so you begin to get confused. God, what did I do wrong? Where did I, I go wrong? Because I know I have a word. I have a promise. But what I'm facing and what I'm looking at, is there anybody in here today feel like that? Uh, but, but what I'm dealing with, what I'm facing does not look like what he said, and he said, he reminded me what, what they need is, is hope, because if you don't have hope, you'll quit, you'll give up, you'll, you'll, you'll begin to, to do and say things that are inconsistent with the character that God has put inside of you. You ever been there? Like, like, I got all this faith, but right now this test and this struggle and this sickness and this trial and this lack that I'm dealing with is causing my confession to not line up with what I said I believe. You know, some of us, we, we, we act like our confession is right all the time, but sometimes when we get behind closed doors and nobody sees, our confession is not what God said. Our confession is more like, I'm ready to quit. I'm ready to throw in the towel. I'm ready to give up. I can't take this anymore. This, I'm at the end of my rope. Why don't I just die? Come on, let's be real in here today. Let me, let me, give you, let me, let me help you be comfortable being real because I had went through a period um, in my own life and in where I was uh, um, uh, administrator, assistant principal at two high schools, and I was so down and depressed that I would go. They had a catwalk. You know what a catwalk is? They had a catwalk right up there, and so during the, the, after the kids go into class, um, I would go on the catwalk and just walk, and the enemy would whisper in my ear. He said, just jump. Just, just, just quit. And, and see, I, I have to tell you this to show you that none of us, whether we carry the label pastor, bishop, anything, it does not mean that the enemy won't try. Watch this. Try. Say try. Try and whisper to you and take you out so you don't accomplish the purpose and the plan that God has for your, le your life. But say this with me. I have life. I have breath. I have purpose. I cannot be defeated. And I will not quit. See, that's how we have to live every day, even when we don't feel like it, because we got to move by what we believe and not by what we see. The Bible says it this way. We walk by faith and not by sight. It, it, if you, if you want to really bring it down, the NLT says we walk by what we believe and not by what we see. 
And so I would have these moments. I'm trying to help you before I go into the word because some of us, what, what really drove this was God was sharing with me that people come in the church and they wear a mask. And we wear this mask because we feel like if you know what I'm going through, watch this, if you know what I'm going through, you're going to think that I'm less of a believer. But the reality is, is the struggle sometimes is proof that you're moving in the right direction. Everything is not easy. If, if there's some things, quite honestly, they should be a battle. You know, we don't always get it right, but you should, it, when, when we fall into sin and we fall into struggle, it should actually be a battle to sin. Quiet in here. But it should be a fight. It's not that you don't ever mess up, but it should be a fight. You should, be, you should go down kicking and screaming when you mess up. And that's why God has given us the gift of repentance. To, to not, not to license the sin, but the gift to say, God, I missed it. I'm sorry. I messed up. I didn't say it right. I didn't do it. Anybody in here sin? Ever sin? Or well, I'm talking to this church that don't ever sin? Okay. You know, some of y'all sin in what you say and what you do. And it, but my, my point is this. I want you to have permission to be authentic. Um, I think I said this somewhere. Sometimes we got to get real so we can get healed. We got to get real so we can get healed. We don't have it all together sometimes. And so I would leave um, these football games. I'd leave, the, Brother Desmond, I'd leave the football game and, and high-fived everybody, shook hands with all the teachers, encouraged everybody else. And then I'd get on the road and, say, and the enemy would say, just drive on the other side of the road. <laughs> you know, th that's how he would talk. Just like that, I'd go from smile to, to this. And then I, somehow, by the grace of God, I couldn't tell you some days how, I would just end up home. And the only thing I could do is just get in the bed and pray and say, thank God for carrying me through. My point is this. Every single one of you, you go through things and the, the enemy attacks you so hard. Why? Because he does not want you to make it to the mark that God has for your life. But say, I'm going to make it. Say it like the old church, I'm going to make it anyhow. <laughs> So we're talking about hope. We're talking about there is more. You need to understand because if you don't believe that there's more for your life, you'll settle for where you are right now. And I'm not talking about contentment. We ought to be content with what God has done for us, but we ought not to settle for what the enemy is doing in our lives and in our minds. Do you ever feel like he just had a field day in your heart, a field day in your mind, and then he just left you there to deal with it? Come on. And so this is, we talk about David and his life, but the reality is, when we preach about David, we either talk about um, one of three things. We talk about how he was out in the field and his father didn't, you know, even bring him to the lineup, but somehow God found him and anointed him and, and so on and so forth. Or we talk about how he had five smooth stones and he, he slayed Goliath, but we, we miss the fact that the Psalms, a great deal of the Psalms are written because David went through some stuff. And David wasn't afraid to express honestly to God because sometimes you can't tell folk um, to ex express to God what he was going through. And so he had this point. I want to read you, you to read this scripture if you've never seen it before in Psalm 142 and uh, verses 4 through 5. It says, look on my right hand and see, for there is no one who acknowledges me. He felt, this is David, and he, he felt insignificant. He felt like nobody even noticed who he was. Refuge has failed me. The place that I went for safety, the place that I, I, I thought that I was going to have help and hope, refuge failed me. How many of you been where the thing that you thought was going to help you, they weren't there when you needed it? The thing that you, you just knew that this was my ride, I knew I could count on If I couldn't count on anything, I could count on this. And then when you looked around, it was absent. Refuge failed me. Nobody cares for my soul. But here's the good news. Even in the midst of feeling that, I cried out to you. Oh, Lord, I said, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. We have got to get excited and attracted to God again. The, the, the reality is, is that in our time, the reason many of us have lost hope is because God is no longer interesting to us. And we treat him like a toy and we treat um, our lives like the next latest craze or the next greatest, for some of y'all, the next greatest sandwich. And we treat him... We, 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 we treat him like that, but the reality is that God has got to be our everything. He's got to be our all in all because when we can focus on him, we can have hope. And so, David, I want, to, I want to share a story that's not told a lot in the scripture, and then I want to help us with something because I think we can find ourselves here. And to, to set this up before we read the scripture, David, um, somewhere earlier in the Psalms, it says that there was... 400 men that had gathered themselves to David. And 
it, it describes itself as this list of all-stars. Um, it says that everyone who was in debt, everyone who was discontent, everyone who was discouraged gathered themselves to David and he being captain over them. How many of you know that's an all-star team right there? He had 40, 400 upset, disgruntled people <laughs> that had gathered themselves to him and now he's supposed to lead these people who don't know their left hand from their right hand and they're mad about everything. You ever been around a group of people, your job, your family, whatever, and there was just always something wrong? <laughs> so that was his group here. And so now he had been leading them for a while and then we pick up here in this passage um, in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 30 and it says, now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken captive the woman and those who were there from small to great. They didn't kill anyone, but they carried them away and went their way. And so David came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. And then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. That's a lot of crying. You cry until you can't cry. You, ever, you, you haven't been going through so long, you can't even cry. You don't even know what to pray. You don't even know, well, I don't, you know, I'm going through so much, I don't even know what to say to you, God. This is where... Not, not only David as the leader, but also the people that he's calling to lead. They'd all been crying. Now, the backstory story is, is that they had been attacked because there was an area that they left, un, watch this, that they left unguarded. Some of the attacks that we face in our life is because we, we left them uncovered in prayer. If we be honest, I'm not trying to blame. I'm just saying that there's sometimes there's some stuff that wouldn't have access to our life if we kept our guard up. Can we be honest? There's some times where there were some things that I should have paid attention to that I didn't pay attention to. When we lose, we lose anything that we don't attend to. Mm. I want y'all to think about that for a minute. We lose what we don't attend to, what we neglect, but we keep what we attend to. It's so important because some of us, when our children seem to be crying out for attention, watch this. We miss the opportunity to attend to them and we, and we lose them. And we have a lot of problems here and, and when they get, by the time they get to high school and we've lost them because we don't attend. Y'all catch what I'm saying here? There's some things that as, as a parent and as my brothers and sisters in Christ, I gotta attend. And let me tell you what hurts me sometimes as, as, as a pastor is when I find out that somebody's going through after they've already gone through. Because I feel like I missed an opportunity to encourage, to, to, to pray, to, to just say you can make it. I want to be the one that says I want to pat you on the back and say you can make it. That's me. I want to make it another day. I want, if, if I want to be remembered for anything in this life, I want people to remember that I tried my best to encourage you and cause you not to give up. And so it just hurts me sometimes. It breaks my heart when I, at the end, I'm like, man, they were going through this. I didn't even know they were, they were, they had to fight this sickness and nobody knew. They had, you know, no, somebody we're family. Somebody should have been able to pray. Somebody should have. I know some things are private and sometimes just come to somebody and say, look, I can't tell you everything, but I need you to pray. <laughs> I need you to intercede. And so back to the text. Anyway, David and all his men, they leave this area unattended. And now the children, the wives and everybody is taken. But somehow, even in all of this loss, the miraculous hand of God is involved in it because they didn't kill any of them. Say this with me. I didn't lose everything that I thought I lost. Now, David was greatly distressed. For the people spoke of stoning him. Why? Because the soul of all the people were grieved and every man for his sons and his daughters. So here's what happens. They go through this crisis, and all of a sudden, David is distressed, and the people that he's been pouring into, the people that he's been leading, now they turn on him. And they say, you know what? If we'd never been following you, we'd never go through this. We wouldn't be going through this. And now they talk about killing their own help. Watch this. When we go through something, we'll kill our own help. And don't even realize it. When we go through something, we'll start blaming the folk that encouraged us for years. And why? Say distraction. 
The thing that the enemy tries to bring in your life, he brings it as a distraction. And you're like a distraction to what? I'm going to show you in a minute. But David's answer, what he does is, but David strengthened. And King James says he encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Sometimes when you're dealing with everything and everything is coming at once, you got to stop. And just encourage yourself and say, God, I don't know what your plan is. I don't know how you're going to work through this. But God, I, I trust you. I'm leaning on you. I'm depending on you. It doesn't look right, but I know you'll bring me through it. And I believe that's maybe some of the language that David might have been using in this. Now, remember what I said. He's distressed, and the folk that should be helping him want to kill him. You, you ever had somebody kick you when you were down? Like, I already feel bad, and now after talking to you, I feel worse. I'm already struggling, and after talking to you, I just feel like you kicked me. I was on the ground. You kicked me under the ground. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. And then David said to Abiathar the priest, please bring the ephod here to me. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David, and David inquired of the Lord. Here's why the enemy wants to distract you. Because if he can distract you long enough, he'll, get, he'll keep you from receiving instructions. Think about the, how profound, yet how simple that is. He distracts us so that he can keep us from going to God. The one place that as a Christian we know we're supposed to do, when I'm weighed down, man, what's the use? Why even pray? Right? You, I know all of y'all are saved, but you ever felt like, man, why, ain't, why, why am I going to pray about this again? You know, I'm going to pray about this again. God didn't move last time. Maybe he didn't move according to your schedule. <laughs> but God's delays are never delays of inactivity. They're never delays of inactivity. If God, I'm getting ahead of myself just because I'm getting excited. But I want you to, to be encouraged in the fact that don't let your tests keep you from going to God. Don't let your test. I, I noticed that the first thing people do, watch this, I'm just going to be real. The first thing that people do when they have tr uh, really severe tests in their life is they walk away from their help. God is their help. The people of God around them are supposed to encourage them. You say, you know what, I'm going through something. I'm just not feeling church today. And the enemy tricked you into not getting the words you need that day to deal with your week. Just that fast. Y'all still there? A few of you. All right. And so it says, he goes to God and he says, shall I pursue this truth? Say every battle is not my battle. This is important because you got to understand, don't ever go fight where there's nothing to be won. Some people spend their whole life fighting and they're tired because they're fighting and there's nothing to even be won in the fight they're fighting. That's just side note. That's not in the notes. That's free. Uh, it says... Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And God answers him. He says, you know what? Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them. And watch this. Without fail, you'll recover all. God says everything that was taken from you. This is prophetic to some of y'all because you lost some stuff. In the last few years, the enemy has taken, taken some stuff. He's taken your material stuff. He's taken your peace. He's taken your joy. But say recover all. Without fail, you shall recover all. But here's what the enemy tries to do. He tries to throw five things at us that I believe try to destroy our hope and our faith. And I think you'll find yourself somewhere if you've ever been through this. The first thing he tries to throw at us is disappointment. Very simple, but he tries to throw disappointment. Well, what, what, what do you mean disappointment? Disappointment means that something that you expected to happen did not happen. If I bring it down. Now think about just how, you, you're not fully walking away from God yet, but you begin to kind of get down in your mind and your heart because I was looking forward to this or I was looking forward to that. And the thing that I was looking forward to didn't happen. A failed expectation. Disappointment. But I want you to see this progression because it's going to be freedom to some of y'all when you realize this is what the enemy tries to take you through. After you're disappointed, the next thing he tries to bring is disillusionment. What is disillusionment? That means now, again, it's an extreme, more an extreme, more extreme form of disappointment. Now, everything is not as good as I thought it would be. You ever started something excited? only to find out that what you thought it was was not what it really was? You ever started something to find out that who you thought they were were not? 
You know, it used to be for some of the guys, it used to be like you couldn't wait to get a number, and then when you got to know her, you couldn't wait to lose it. And for some of these women, you know, it's like, man, man, that, that's a catch. And now you caught. <laughs> Y'all don't laugh too hard, man. <laughs> some, you, ever, you ever go to the mall and see somebody you saw in high school, you used to know in high school? Y'all, now, some of y'all are sitting close to people, so don't, like, give it away, okay? But you, you, you go in the mall and you see, you see somebody you used to know in high school, and in high school you're like, man, I really wish that I could get to know that person. And then when you see them like 10 years later, you're like, thank God. <laughs> you delivered me. And I'm not talking about appearance. What I'm talking about is you, you see them and you look at, man, there's something on their life that I'm, thank God I, I did not engage <laughs> in that. Disillusionment. But these two things lead to something where it, it gets more dangerous. And this is where we stop laughing because then we get discouraged. When you sink into disappointment and disillusionment, you get discouraged. Discouraged simply means this. It means I lose my strength. I lose my passion. Some people can have their passion robbed by one sentence said by somebody else. You ever been there where your whole day was going good and somebody said one thing? One phone call. One thought the enemy dropped in your mind. You, you had faith to move mountains, and then somebody said, how, all they said, watch this, was, I don't know how you're going to do that. And it was like, all the wind. Discouragement. Discouragement is a place that you do not want to stay because it drains strength. It drains peace. It drains joy. And so I'll, I'll come back to that. I, I shared something with the worship team earlier, a phrase that I want them to get used to, and I, I may or may not share it with you all, but it'll be um, helpful at the end if, if I do. But discouragement, if we stay there, leads to despair. Despair is where now it's like I, I, I lost all hope. I lost all hope. What I believe and what I believed for so long was going to happen. Now I believe, even though I love God, I believe that the God of the impossible this is still not possible. It's not possible for him to work in my situation. You see, y'all following the progression that happens here? And this is the enemy is so subtle. He doesn't come to you in, 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 in a red pajamas and a pitchfork. He doesn't come to you and say, hey, I'm the devil, and I'm going to try and first disappoint you, disillusion. He doesn't do that. He just drops these little seeds one by one till we end up in despair. But the most dangerous out of all of these is the last one, it's despondency takes us to this point. This is where now you can't, you are so, so in a pit of what the enemy's tried to do that you can't even hear God and he's talking to you clearly. And what does that sound like? It's, it sounds like when somebody comes to you and they're trying to pray for you and encourage you and lift you up and say, God wants you to move in this direction, that direction, and you're smiling, but you can't hear them. You ever been there? You ever been there? Be, be real in this. I don't want this to be a church where we wear masks, where you have been so discouraged that you can't even hear a good word anymore. You become more attracted to people who will st to stay with you in your negativity and say, get up. No, God is with you. He, he, you can move on. You're more attracted to people who allow you to be comfortable in your mess. Why? All because the enemy wants to do this. Proverbs 18, verse 1 and 2. A man who, who isolates himself seeks his own desire and he rages against all wise judgment. The enemy seeks to, I don't even need to read the whole thing. The enemy seeks to force us into isolation so that we'll quit. So here's what happens. You, you are going through so much in your life. Now I don't even want to talk to anybody. You ever been there? I don't want you to tell me it's going to be okay. I don't want you to tell me about faith. I don't want you to tell me about God. I, you know what? I love Jesus, but right now I don't want to hear that. I know. I know we've been saved so long we never felt that way. But some people have been crushed so much that the only reason that I'm giving God another chance is that he, now my faith is to the point where, well, I think he might do something. This is where so many people have been this week. Whether they ever tell you or not, they've been there. I'm sick and tired of hearing about a God who don't move. But I want to remind you 
that God, Christ, his church is still the hope of the world. And if you don't give up, and if you hold on to the name of Jesus, you'll make it through this storm, just like he brought you through the last one that you forgot about. You know, sometimes we're going through so many, our life is like a hurricane right now, so we can't remember the fact that he delivered me before, and he'll do it again. Lord, I, I know I, I made the same mistake five years ago, but God says, you know what, my mercy and my grace is new every single morning. Just, just look to me, and I'll lift you up out of what you're in right now. Am I talking to anybody today? But the enemy wants to force you into isolation because if he can get you isolated, then you won't hear anything and you'll give up. When we isolate ourselves, we seek what is not good and we fight against what is good. We start to begin to dabble in things that are not good for us. This is why there's certain sins, watch this, and I'm not, I'm not beating people up, but this is why certain sins are done in the dark. Think about it. You ever heard the old mothers used to say it like this? You know, nothing good grows in the dark. <laughs> there was some truth to that, though, too. Because there's some stuff that folk will only do when the lights are off and the door is closed and nobody can see. And it isn't that they themselves are even bad people. It's the fact that they've isolated. Watch this. They boxed themselves in, and now they're, they're pursuing something that will destroy them. And so the only way that they can turn that around is to say, Lord, help me and begin to open up and let somebody else into their life who can shine some light in there. Listen, why does God always put, seem like he's putting me and putting you in dark places? Because he wants us to be the light that changes our environment. You ever heard the illustration of, the, of, of some of us are, are thermometers. What that means is, is that we move with the temperature of the room. But God designed us to be thermostats, that when we go into a place that the temperature is now affected by us and we're not affected by the temperature. I, I just can't be around this. I can't be around that. Listen, God is going to put you around some stuff that you don't like so you can bring light to dark situations, so that you can bring hope where there's despair, that you can be, bring peace where there's, there's confusion. You, you, God wants you so full of himself that you can walk into a situation where there's chaos and all of a sudden there's peace. Because you showed up. Y'all with me? But here's where it starts. Psalm 42. My, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night while they continue to say to me, where is your God? So David's hungry for God, but he can't find God. And not only that, the people around him are asking him, where is your God? They're taunting him. When you struggle, you need the right people around you. You, it's so important when you are going through something to get the right people around you. Because let me tell you something. When you're struggling, the wrong people are like cockroaches. They just show up. And they drain you of the little life that you have left. And so you got to decide that, that we got to have enough presence of mind in the situation when I'm going through. Let me get around somebody that can talk some faith, that can talk some peace, that's not going to let me be content in my pit. I got to be around somebody that can tell me that I can make it out of this. I don't need any, any more of these friends that keep me comfortable in my pool of pity. I need somebody to throw me a lifeline and say, look, you know, you got to come up out of this. And this is where... I share what I shared with our worship team. You need to have some people that will get around you and tell you, fix your face. You need some people around you to say, I know you're going through, but turn, watch this, this is what they used to say to little kids, turn that frown upside down. You need some people that will get around you and say that the joy of the Lord is your strength. I know you feel like crying, but we're going to laugh right now because laughter does good like medicine. I don't need any more people that keep the chains on me, around me. We, surround, we must surround ourselves with people who push us closer to God. If you find that the people in your life are, are pulling you away from God and not pulling you close to God, it's time for you to, to, to do some friendship surgery. It's time for you to say, you know what? Say, cut it off. Say, cut it off. See, sometimes we got to be rabid and say, look, I found for the last months or the last few years, look, you are just not good for me. 
My dad used to say it like this, straighten up and fly right. You, got, you give him a chance. You know, you don't just, you know, give some people, you give him a chance. There's grace. Give him a chance. I, you're not good for me, but you, you got a few minutes to straighten up. <laughs> My mom was one of those twist pinchers. Y'all, ever, y'all got somebody in your family that they, they didn't just pinch you, but they pinch you with the twist too. And then you better not cry. I'm like, like we're in church and you twisting, you, you, but I'm not supposed to cry. And you know how it is. If you were, if you, <laughs> if you were real bold, you wait till they turn around and you like, you do the whole silent talking back. <laughs> and still, if they was walking in the spirit, you got caught and smacked. Confession is good for the soul. I did that one time. That was enough. I was, I was in mid-stride. <laughs> Don't allow your problems to cause you to question God's presence. Just because your problems are there doesn't mean that God is absent. God didn't become less God because of what the enemy brought in your life. I want to build your faith today. God is still bigger than everything you're going through. My friend Jennifer, he's going to do it. He's going to finish what he started. You know why? Because he's God. That's it. That's, 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 that's it. That's your word for today. God's going to finish what he started. Brother Desmond, you're going further than you thought you ever would because God is on your side. I'm not just throwing out words. I'm telling you, we've got to know what God said about our life. If, if we don't know what God said about our life, the enemy will direct everything. You know who's responsible for telling your children what God is going to do? You. Till they can hear them right for themselves, you tell them. God's got a plan for your life. Why can't I do this? Because God has got God. God is involved in your life. That's why you can't. Everybody else is gone. Well, everybody else is not my child. Come on. When it doesn't seem like God is working on it, you can be sure that he's working on you. Ooh, that's a hard one. You ever been like God? You, you ever been like, sometimes I'll be honest. Sometimes I prayed to God in the past week. <laughs> and I'd be like, God, uh, any time now would be good for you to move in this. I mean, if you would so desire, I, you know, I've been praying for this for a couple of years now. It'd be nice if you would just give me some inkling that you, you ever prayed like that? And then you realize who you were talking to? The God of the universe, the one who has all power in his hands, the one who knows what's best for us better than we know what's best for us. Some of us need to thank God he said no. Because if we got that thing that we were praying for, it would have destroyed us. I know that we're upset and we feel empty because we don't have everything that we feel that God should have given us. But we sometimes just need to praise him and say, thank you for being late, God. By my, by my estimation. When I remember these things, I pour out my soul. I'm almost finished, maybe. Sean's laughing at me because he has the slides. For I used to go with the multitude, and I went with them to the house of God with a voice of joy and praise. Talking about the joy and the praise he used to have. With a multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him. For he is the help of my countenance. For he is the help of my countenance. Let me, let me, let me, let me rephrase. He's the one that helps you to fix your face. Say that with me. Fix my face. Y'all going to remember that. Hashtag that later. Fix my face. The cure for dealing with life's disappointments is hope and praise. You're like, man, that's not a magic bean. No, it's not. When you find yourself disappointed 
and getting ready to hit disillusionment and discouragement and despair and despondency. You've got to remind yourself of hope and you've got to praise God for what he's already, watch this, what he's already done. And if you got enough faith, you praise him for what you believe that he's going to do. And you start to pray and say, God, I don't see my healing yet, but I praise you for it. I don't see my provision yet, but I praise you for it. My body doesn't feel right, but I praise you for it. I don't feel the joy coming on me yet, but I praise you in advance for giving me joy and peace. That's how you put deposits on your miracles. What is hope? It's a feeling of expectation or desire, and that's what the enemy tries to steal from us. If he can steal our expectation, he will steal our go after itness. Not even a word. But that's when, that's when we lose the passion to go after the stuff that God has for us is when we lose expectation. And I'm not saying you try to make something happen, but you can always tell when someone has lost expectation because they don't talk the way you used to talk. And they say things, watch this, I'm a, if I'm not anything, I'm a student of conversation. And they start to talk inconsistent with who God has made them. And so when I hear somebody like, well, I'm going to be careful how I talk around the passion. Now, that ain't going to help you. I'm just telling you right now. I mean, I don't have a lot of gifts, but I tell you, I have that one. I can tell if a person changes the way that they start speaking about their own life and they're speaking about God. I always know that something has crept in that's not supposed to be there. Because they say some, it's not something that's like slightly. They say things and they do things that are completely inconsistent with who they are. You ever have somebody, let me not do that because you'll think I'm talking about you. I'm not. I'll talk about myself. If somebody comes to me and, and they say, Pastor, do you, such and such and so and so, and I say to them, I forgot. You call, you know, unless there's a hurricane, my wife will tell you because it annoys the mess out of her. If, we, if she tries to tell me that, that I didn't say something to her, I, respond, I, I said, I told you on this day, at this time, we were over here eating this and doing this. I can paint the whole picture for you and tell you exactly where it was said. So if I tell you nonchalantly, I forgot. That's inconsistent. You hear me? with who I am as a person. And so a lot of times when you see that the enemy is creeped into somebody's life, you can tell because they, they start to behave in a way that doesn't line up with what they say they believe. So many times when people are behaving in a way that, we, that concerns us, we focus on the behavior. Wrong behavior is always the, the fruit of wrong believing. That's not in the notes. I want to write that one down, though. When we behave wrong, it's because we believe wrong. If I talk to you in a way that God doesn't want me to talk to you, it's because I believe something that's inconsistent with what he said about you. Don't miss that. <laughs> because some of us... Read the scripture, Shannon. Read the scripture. Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of the Jordan and from the heights of Hermon and from the hill of Mizar. Deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls. All of your waves and billows have gone over me. When you don't know how things can possibly work out, remember God. You're like, remember what, Pastor? Now, this is, it, it, there's no anything else. Sometimes you just got to remember who God is. I don't have all the answers. I don't know how it's going to turn out. I don't know how we're going to do this or how we're going to do that. I don't know how we're going to connect these dots. And when you don't know that, you just have to remember who God is. He's the one that, that, that split the Red Sea so that the children of Israel could go through. God would do things that in the natural order should not be able to happen so that he can set his people free. Some of y'all missed that even while I was talking. God will interrupt natural things to bless you. He'll do things that they say are not supposed to happen for you. Matter of fact, they never happen for anybody else, but because it's God and you're his child, he'll come and say, I'm interrupting the natural order so that I can bless you and bring you out. And it's not because of what you've done, it's because you're his child and because of who he is. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me, a prayer to the God of my life. Hear this, and this is where many of us miss it in our faith. My hope can't be in the desired outcome, it has to be in the character of God. And this is where many people make a train wreck in their faith. It's because our hope and our faith is not necessarily in God, but it's in a specific desired outcome. 
God, I pray that this is my, that this will be my ride or die, or this will be my friend, or this will be my wife, or this will be my husband. And when it doesn't turn out that way, we lose our faith because we had our faith, what? Not in God, in an outcome. Trust in the Lord. Y'all know that scripture? With all of our heart. That part we usually celebrate, but then we get to this next part. But lean not on your own understanding. Say this with me. My own understanding will mess me up. All your ways acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. How many of you need direction from God on some things in your life? How many would be honest and say, my way hasn't worked? That's when we say, okay, God, for years, my way hasn't worked. So now it's all yours. I'm leaning not on my own understanding. I'm leaning on you and I'm trusting you. This is where my hope is to direct my path. I'll say to God, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go on mourning? Because of the oppression of the enemy. As the, with the breaking of my bones, my enemies reproach me while they say to me all day long, where is your God? I could really finish on this and I may not, but I, I should. Sometimes our testing time is when we learn to pray honestly and not religiously. You grew up and they told you, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Right? Y'all remember that? And if I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. You, you, we, 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 were, we grew up saying, God is good. Thank you for this food or whatever. You, you know, all these prayers that these, and there's nothing wrong with them, but some of the things we could almost say them without our mind and our heart ever being engaged in anything. But sometimes you got to go through enough of a test To where your prayer is no longer religious. And you get honest with God and say, God, I don't understand why I'm going through what I'm going through. Sometimes we got to come off where we are and humble ourselves so that God can be invited into the situation that we're dealing with. God, my mind is messed up. My emotions are messed up. I come in church and I feel like quitting, but I sing anyway. I pray anyway. I fast anyway. But nobody knows I feel like giving up right now. And I'm not going to let the pastor know that I, that, uh, what I did last night. Listen, I ain't God. Don't lose your breakthrough because you're trying to hide something from me. I'd rather you say, you know, Pastor, I messed up, but I still love God. I don't have it all right, but I still love God. I miss it, but I still love God. I have a problem putting it down. Some of us are saved, but we got a problem putting some stuff down. You ever been there? You know what it is. It's, it's on the side of your bed in the drawer. That's the thing you got a problem putting down. It's on your computer. You got a problem putting it down. Doesn't mean you don't love God. It means you need to let go of some stuff. And you'll never let go of it if I stay up there and I don't get in your business and say you can make it. Remember I told you at the beginning of the message, it breaks my heart when somebody can't come to me and say I'm struggling with something. Because I take that as a reflection on me. I should be able to offer you hope in the midst of any entanglement that you have. Nobody going to kick you out of the church because you're struggling. Well, they're not, they're not going to let me serve if they find out that I'm dealing with this. No, let's just get you delivered. Some of us have been thrown away in every area of our life. The one place you shouldn't be thrown away is God's house. Because if Jesus be who he say he is, then what your issue is is not too big for him. If he could spit on dirt, rub it on somebody's eyes and make the blind see. Don't you know your situation not too hard for him? But, but I've been depressed and down for years. That's all right. We're going to teach you how to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. 
And you know what? People look at you and say, how do you praise God while you're dealing with that? Because I have a hope that's not dependent on what I see. And when everybody in this world throws me away, I can go down on my knees and say, God, you accept me just as I am. But I got to hide my fault, Pastor, because if people find out about my fault, they won't like me anymore. God knew every fault you would have before you ever stepped foot on this earth. You, th you think now your fault is enough to keep you from your purpose? Say grace. grace. His grace is sufficient. You know what that word sufficient means? It means enough. Wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Pastor, I don't have enough to deal with what I'm dealing with. His grace is enough for your addiction, your struggle, your depression, your failure, your temptation to quit, that thing you can't put away. His grace, say his grace. His grace. Is enough. Move to the next slide. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I want to stay down here. Why are you cast down, O oh my soul? Why are you disquieted with me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. Keep on going. I don't even need to see it. King James says this, I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the good of the Lord in the land of the living. Some of us, the only thing that keeps us going is the fact that we believe we're going to see good here on this earth. And so I want to challenge you. I'm not even going to finish. I'm not, if you want the notes, you can get them from Sean. Um, I want to stop here. you got to believe that no matter how hot your test is, that you're going to see the goodness of God right here. No, because they say, you know what, in the sweet by and by, when we get to heaven, it's going to be all right. It is going to be all right, but right now I'm living on earth. And if he be God and his word be true, I'm going to see his goodness right here. But, but I'm afraid I'm going to die, Pastor. I'm not going to make it. This is going to take me to the last time. You can't leave here until your purpose is accomplished. Say invincible. You know what that means? Let me, let me say it a different way. MC Hammer said it like this. That means can't touch this. <laughs> you talking about MC Hammer in the church? <laughs> I'm not going back there. He, that pastor not as saved as I thought he was. But if I went on your music collection, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. My point is this. When you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, the old mothers used to say it like this. When you got something on the inside, working on the outside, it'll bring a change in your life. The enemy cannot stop you. Say this with me one more time, then we're going to worship. I will not be defeated. And I will not quit. Oh, I thought they was up here already. They're, they're on their way. But you've got to, you know, and I'm not going to start. Just give me more time to encourage you. You have got to believe in the midst of your storm. How many would be honest and say, I'm facing an impossible situation right now? Just be real. It, 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 there's no shame in that. Okay, I'm facing an impossible situation. In other words, what I'm dealing with, I don't have the capacity to fix. How many of you know, if you're not careful, that will weigh you down, it will stress you out, and it will make you quit? Say this with me. But God, you need to practice those two words every day of your life. You see, the enemy will put a period. You need to erase that period, put a comma, and be like, I'm sick, but God. I'm struggling, but God. I don't have the answers, but God. I'm confused, but God. I'm, I may be lacking, but God. Because once you add God to the equation, everything before it does not matter. The only thing that matters is God. And we're going to do this and we'll be gone. God is so big that one name won't describe him. Why are you saying that, Pastor? Because he'll be everything you need at the time you need it. If he needs to be provider, he's Jehovah Jireh. If you need peace, he's Jehovah Shalom. If you need healing, he's Jehovah Rapha. Y'all with me? I want you to receive today what he has for you. It's not based on some eloquent word. It's based on faith. And for some of us, the act of faith is not a big thing. It's simply extending our hands and saying, God, I, be, be everything in my life 
that I need you to be at this moment. Don't you know that your situation can turn around this week? Don't you know it can turn around before you get home? How many got that kind of faith that, that while you're in the car, God can work it out? How many of you have one of them things you, you got on your prayer list that it'd be nice if you worked it out while you was on the way home? Father, in the name of Jesus, we receive. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, your love, your kindness. There are many who need healing, Lord. We receive it right now on the basis of the blood of Jesus. We declare healing over the body and over the mind. We declare that every oppressive thought, every thought of depression, discouragement, disillusionment, despair, despondency is broken in their lives. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I speak over the spirit of lack and decrease in the lives of your people. I command that the cease and stop right now and that this day they begin to increase in every area of their life, that their faith would rise, that their hope would rise. Lord, I pray that you bring peace in the midst of the storm and peace in the midst of the struggle. Give them insight, wisdom, revelation, understanding. In the name of Jesus, show them like never before as they walk out the doors of Life City Church today, Lord, that they walk with a high degree of discernment, confidence, courage, faith, Lord, to do everything that you've called them to do. And now I declare that it's done. I declare that you are able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ask, think, or imagine. Restore their hope in the name of Jesus. Restore everything that the enemy has tried to steal in their life. And just like that scripture that I didn't get to at the end, Lord, of David's story that we started at the beginning, and the Bible said David recovered all that the enemy had stolen. So I declare that everything that the enemy has tried to take from the lives of your people be restored. In the name of Jesus, I pray favor over cases. I pray favor over applications. I pray favor over decisions. I pray turnarounds in the life of your people. Lord, where the enemy said no, I declare God's yes is louder than the enemy's no, and that we leave today filled with faith, filled with hope, filled with courage, knowing that you are a God who keeps your word. Or it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Everyone that agrees with that, shout like you believe it. Amen. Shout amen. amen. Shout amen. Amen. Before we dismiss you, I just want to share with you, for those of you who can make uh, tonight, is United Together. Um, it's on our Facebook uh, community page if you need address or directions to that. Somebody can give it to you before you leave. They'll have uh, food trucks at 5, 5.30, but the service starts at 6.30. And they're, they're talking. The focus tonight is about... Um, racial reconciliation within the church. And I think it's good if, any, if you can make it out to uh, the journey. It's out in Fernandina, about a 40-minute drive, I believe. Um, but well worth it. Um, be multiple speakers. And, and we're just going to believe God for something that's much needed um, in our country today. Um, and how many of you know if there's something needed in the world, the church needs to lead the way? The church must lead the way, and so we plan to, um, I'll be there, and anybody who, who needs information on that, I can give it to you, but it's going to be an amazing time of worship, um, and I believe God's going to do some things in that. Now unto him who's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we can ask, think, or imagine, I bless your people, I bless their week, I bless their portion, I declare increase over their life, safety, favor on their jobs, favor everything they put their hands to, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Have a great week.